booster for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. I'm Deborah Valentine with your news, sports, business, traffic, and weather. And here's everything you need to know. The top five at five. Every second that passes, it's, it's more painful than the last one. A family left heartbroken after a search for a Princeton University student ends tragically. President Biden stumps in the battleground state of Pennsylvania, warning Republican victories in the upcoming midterms jeopardize the nation standing abroad. New poll out. It supports others finding the New York governor's race too close to call ahead of the midterm elections. Manhattan jury acquits actor Kevin Spacey of sexual assault charges. Turmoil across the pond in the U.K. as the third British prime minister in three years quits amid financial chaos and recession fears. A Princeton University undergrad student found dead on campus grounds after being reported missing nearly a week ago. Mizrak Iwetnuta, her body found behind university tennis courts by an employee. Prosecutors say her death does not appear to be suspicious. Her brother, Universe, spoke to ABC7 prior to her discovery. I wish, I, I wish, like, I don't know what I can do. Like, you know, I wish she's somewhere out there and she's not with us. And every minute that passes, every second that passes, it's, it's more painful than the last one. The 20-year-old was last seen about 3 a.m. on Friday, according to an alert that was sent to the Princeton community on Monday. A medical examiner will determine the cause of death. President Joe Biden stumping in Pennsylvania Thursday for Democratic U.S. Senate candidate John Fetterman, the state's lieutenant governor in Pennsylvania, a state that is key to control of the U.S. Senate. POTUS cautioned the rest of the world is looking to see who holds control of Congress after the upcoming midterm elections, warning that Republican victories would jeopardize the nation standing abroad. I said when I ran, we're going to build a country from the bottom up and the middle out, not the top down. When the middle does well, the wealthy do very well. So this law is about more than rebuilding our infrastructure. It's about rebuilding the middle class. Something John knows a lot about and talks a lot about. Biden seized on comments by some GOP lawmakers, including House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, casting doubt on the U.S. commitment to help Ukraine fend off Russia's invasion of its territory. Betterman, of course, facing Dr. Memonaz, a Republican, for that open seat being vacated by Republican Senator Pat Toomey, who's retiring. Polls are consistently showing Republican Congressman Lee Zeldin, the GOP candidate for governor of New York, greatly narrowing the gap between himself and New York's Democratic Governor Kathy Hochul. The latest one, a survey USA poll, has Governor Hochul with just a six-point lead over her Republican challenger, Representative Lee Zeldin. That marks an 18-point drop for her from August. The survey also finds Hochul with a solid 25-point lead with female voters in New York, but Congressman Zeldin leads with men by 13 points over Hochul. A Quinnipiac College poll released Tuesday had Hochul ahead by only four points, with 50% support among likely voters, 46% for Zeldin. And we spoke to a Quinnipiac analyst, Mary Snow. This is a competitive race, and I think it's uh, gaining so much attention because in New York, as we've seen in the last several uh, election cycles in the race for governor, we've seen Democrats win by margins. And the fact that this race is closer 
um, is gaining attention. Voters cited inflation, 35 percent of respondents there, and crime, 18 percent of respondents as the two most pressing issues. Acquittal for actor Kevin Spacey, a Manhattan jury deliberated for just an hour Thursday, finding Spacey not guilty of sexually abusing then 14-year-old Anthony Rapp at a 1986 party. When the verdict was read, Spacey dropped his head, then hugged his lawyers and left the courthouse without speaking to the press. Spacey's lawyers, however, briefly commented. I'm very grateful to the jury for seeing through these false allegations. I'm very pleased we think that justice resulted the lawsuit sought $40 million in damages. Rapp's now 50 years old, Spacey now 63 years old, and uh, these charges and related ones derailed Spacey's job on the Netflix series House of Cards. And uh, Rapp, is, of uh, course, was a regular on TV's uh, Star Trek Discovery and was part of the original Broadway cast of Rent. More chaos across the pond in the U.K. after only 45 days in office. British Prime Minister Liz Truss tendered her resignation Thursday after a tumultuous and historically brief term marred by economic policies that roiled financial markets and a rebellion in her own political party that obliterated her authority. Given the situation, I cannot deliver the mandate on which I was elected by the Conservative Party. I have therefore spoken to His Majesty the King to notify him that I am resigning as leader of the Conservative Party. The country faces a cost-of-living crisis and looming recession fears after breaking from the European Union. Truss said she will remain in office until a replacement is chosen, which the Conservative Party said it would do by the end of next week. Well, stopping for Democratic candidates in Pennsylvania yesterday, President Biden was back at the site of a bridge collapse in Pittsburgh to tout his new infrastructure law. Pennsylvania has been able to repair Fern Hollow Bridge in less than a year. And by Christmas, God willing, we'll be walking. I'm coming back to walk over to sucker. The bridge collapsed in January, but Biden visited the city that same day. Upon his return, Biden said the infrastructure law is doing something about bridges like Fern Hollow. He noted thousands of bridges in the U.S. are in bad condition. He said quite a few are being repaired this year, thanks to the law. For 77 WABC Early News... I'm Frank Diaz. A federal judge has dismissed a legal challenge from six Republican-led states opposing President Biden's student loan forgiveness plan, ruling that they do not have standing to sue. U.S. District Judge Henry E. Autry ruled that the attorneys general for six states present important and significant challenges to Biden's debt relief plan, but did not prove they are directly harmed by the relief and therefore do not have standing. The lawsuit argued that the administration overstepped its authority because Congress has not directly authorized loan cancellation. Here's President Biden. In total, more than 40 million Americans can stand to benefit from this relief. And about 90 percent, 90 percent of that relief is going to go to people making less than $75,000 a year. Let me be clear. Not a dime will go to those in the top 5 percent of the income bracket. Attorney generals from Arkansas, Iowa, Kansas, Missouri, Nebraska, and South Carolina filed the suit. They are likely to appeal. There's also a similar lawsuit before the U.S. Supreme Court. Experts say student debt relief will cost taxpayers nearly $21,000, and the Congressional Budget Office report estimates that the program will add $40 billion, with a B, to the nation's $31.1 trillion debt and climbing. 
A federal appeals court Thursday denied a request by U.S. Senator Lindsey Graham, the Republican from South Carolina, to be shielded from testifying in an investigation into former President Trump's alleged interference in the 2020 election in Georgia. The ruling by a three-judge panel of the U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals for the 11th Circuit was unanimous. Graham is now expected to ask the Supreme Court to block the subpoena. His lawyers have publicly said they would do so if they lost at the 11th Circuit. Graham appeared on ABC back in February, giving advice to Trump. I do believe if he talked about what he's capable of doing and remind people what he did in the past, he has a chance to come back. If he continues to talk about the 2020 election, I think it hurts his cause and, quite frankly, hurts the Republican Party. Graham feels the Constitution's speech and debate clause prohibits his testimony and merits the complete blocking of his appearance. A water crisis in Jackson, Mississippi, has prompted an investigation from the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency. 77 WABC's Alex Barnard has the story. The EPA civil rights probe will examine whether state agencies discriminated against the city with an 80% black population by refusing to improve its water system. While Jackson has had water issues for years, heavy rainfall in August caused its main treatment plant to fail. The failure left tens of thousands of residents without running water for days. For 77 WABC News, I'm Alex Barnard. Oklahoma Thursday carried out the execution of Benjamin Cole. He was convicted of killing his baby daughter in 2002. He'd been diagnosed with brain damage and had also been diagnosed since trial as having paranoid schizophrenia. The sentence of Benjamin Cole has been carried out. Time of death was 10.22 a.m. And Cole was 57 years old. It was a sixth lethal injection at the Oklahoma State Penitentiary since executions resumed a year ago. Another 23 are scheduled through the end of 2024. Well, the killing of a 12-year-old girl whose body was found inside of a plastic trunk has left France profoundly shaken and led to accusations that far-right lawmakers have politicized her death to attack the government's immigration policies. This girl, identified by authorities only as Lola, was last seen alive on surveillance camera footage in her apartment building in northeast Paris on Friday, according to the Paris State Prosecutor. The numbers zero and one were written in red ink on the bottom of the victim's feet. Alexandra Silva, an attorney for the woman accused of killing Lola, spoke to France 24. An expert will determine whether my client is competent to stand trial for the acts she's accused of. She's innocent until proven guilty. An autopsy revealed Lola died of asphyxiation. A 24-year-old woman who was arrested Saturday in a northeastern suburb of the capital is in custody on charges of murder and rape of a minor. Vladimir Putin's tried to detonate a nuke, but his plans were sabotaged. That according to claims from an insider. This insider also claims top brass at the Kremlin are sabotaging Putin's plans to use atomic weapons or there may be issues due to technical failures. In recent days, there have been a series of NOTAM messages, notice-to-air missions, and linked Russian navigation warnings indicating tests or live-firing drills. This comes after Putin declared martial law in four annexed regions of Ukraine. Retired Major General James Spider Marks spoke about the move on CNN. I think what really Putin is trying to do with this declaration is to create a military isolation zone. He's limited movement within Russia along the border area. And then within these four annexed areas, or at least he's declared that they're annexed, clearly they're being contested, quite effectively being contested. 
And earlier this month, it was reported that NATO had sent an intelligence note to its member countries warning that Putin had deployed his K-329 Belgorod nuclear submarine, carry of an apocalyptic uh, underwater drone, Poseidon. 77 WABC News Time 515. Justin Ellick's along with sports. Well, thank you, Deb. I am Justin Ellick here with the early news sports update. More of the same last night from the Yankees in Houston as they dropped game two of the ALCS by a score of three to two to fall into a 2-0 hole as the series gets set to head back to the Bronx. The plot line was a mirror image of Wednesday night's game one as Wednesday night, excuse me, uh, game one as Yankees pitching was once again formidable but outshined by a flat out better arm on the Astros side of things. This time it was Framber Valdez outdueling Luis Severino and dominating the Yankees bats for seven light out in, lights out innings. The Bomber Bats again fell way short, tallying just four hits to go with 13 strikeouts as a team, and you simply cannot win that way in the postseason. Here was Aaron Boone after the game, just pretty much throwing anything and everything at the wall to see what sticks. I think, who'd have thought, I think the roof opened kind of kind of killed us. What? What? And when I went out to take Seve out, we noticed it a lot with Tucker's ball. You know, the base hit he got to right, it kind of looked like it just went and stopped, and then I think Judgey's a homer all the time. The wind was blowing. The wind was blowing across like that. So, yeah. Okay. So, plan F, I guess, is blame (laughs) the open roof. Blame the open roof. Let's go with that. Up next is the Yanks' best shot at grabbing a win in this currently lopsided series. Garrett Cole set to take the hill in tomorrow's game three at Yankee Stadium as New York can't get back to the Bronx soon enough. And to the ice we go now. Three local teams took a skate last night. The Devils met the Islanders in Elmont and smoked them by a score of 4-1. to Andre Palat, he scored twice. Jack Hughes added a goal and Mackenzie Blackwood grabbed 16 saves and are out to the win. Both teams head into an off day before returning to action tomorrow. As for the Rangers, they fell on OT to the San Jose Sharks at home. Eric Carlson netted the winner to make the final tally 3-2 to as the Sharks grab their first win of the season after starting a franchise worth 0-5. Rangers will be off until Sunday when they're set to face off against the Columbus Blue Jackets. And week seven of your NFL season kicked off in Arizona last night between the Saints and Cardinals. Thursday night, fo- it was the best Thursday night football game thus far this season, no doubt. 42 to 34 is your final score with the Cardinals coming out on top. And locally, the Giants are in Jacksonville Sunday at one, at three point underdogs, and the Jets uh, have a date with the Broncos in Denver Sunday at four as one point dogs. For more sports content, follow 77 WABC Sports on Instagram and Twitter. Here with the early news sports update, I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. Lou Dobbs with your financial report. This is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report. I'm Lou Dobbs. Snap misses revenue targets. The state of Texas suing Google and Par Pacific buying Exxon Refinery in Montana. The economy continues to weigh on Wall Street. The market coming up its second straight losing session despite stronger earnings. Snap shares down 20% in the extended session. Snap beat earnings targets but missed on revenue. Verizon reports earnings today. Wall Street expecting a slight increase in revenue. Investors focused on subscriber numbers and the full year outlook. Texas suing Alphabet for mining biometric data of millions of Texans without consent. The Google parent company just recently settled a similar lawsuit with the state of Arizona for $85 million. ExxonMobil selling its Montana refinery to Par Pacific Holdings. The $310 million deal sent shares of Par Pacific up more than 11% in extended trading. Please join me several times each weekday right here on 77 WABC. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Keep listening for more to 77 WABC for the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. 
checking futures. They're in the red this morning. The Dow down 123 points or 0.41% at 30,230. The S&P 500 down 20 and a quarter. NASDAQ's dropped 95 and three quarter points. Oh, it just ticked down to nine, uh, 96, down 96 now. Gold is down as well, $10.60 an ounce. Crude oil at $83.69 a barrel. That is down 83 cents. Deborah Valentine with your 77 WABC Early News, News Time 521. New York City is still waiting on financial aid from the feds as migrants continue to arrive here on a daily basis from southern states. Here's 77 WABC's Bob Brown. Mayor Adams says fewer buses carrying new arrivals have been coming to New York City since President Biden implemented a decompression strategy. This administration dealt with a real crisis. We would have continued getting uh, 10 buses a day, nine buses a day. Uh, that would have, it, have had a major impact on the future of our economy. However, 15,000 of the more than 21,000 migrants who have arrived in the city require long-term assistance. The mayor is calling for immigration reform, which would allow new arrivals to work immediately rather than waiting six months. I'm Bob Brown for the 77 WABC Early News. Mayor Adams also used a new TV interview to downplay the increase in violent subway crime in New York City. It's actually up 41 percent, according to NYPD data. The mayor blaming the news media for creating a false perception that the situation underground is out of control. Here's Mayor Adams during an interview with CNN's Chris Wallace that was recorded just a day after the city's ninth subway homicide of the year in Queens. We have an average of less than six crimes a day on the subway system with 3.5 million riders. But if you write your story based on the narrative that you're going to look at the worst of those six crimes and put it on the front pages of your paper every day. So I have to deal with those six crimes a day, felony crimes, and the perception of fear. Adam's interview was conducted, City Hall said, Tuesday, one day after the killing of Herberto Quintana. The 48-year-old died after falling right in front of an oncoming subway train after getting punched in his face on a station platform in Queens. 50-year-old Carlos Garcia is charged with manslaughter and assault in that incident, which followed an argument that allegedly erupted when Quintana accidentally bumped into Garcia and knocked his phone onto the tracks. Police still searching for a man who allegedly hit a commuter with a sword sheath on a New York City subway train. This happened Thursday morning. Multiple reports came in to 911 about a man with a knife, sword, or machete who attacked a strap hanger on a northbound A train at the Chambers Street Station, according to the NYPD. Witness Rebecca Strasberg saw the scene unfold. Here's what she told ABC7. Everybody from... Um, the other train car just moving as far as they could, and everybody in our train car also moving forward as far as they could. One man was hit on the head with a sword cover and sustained a slash to his forehead. He was treated for non-life-threatening injuries. The suspect described as wearing all black with a black hat and a Marvel logo on it, according to police. The sole victim is known to police and was most recently arrested for a robbery back in May. The girlfriend of a 26-year-old man being stabbed in the subway on Manhattan's Upper West Side is credited with saving her boyfriend's life. The woman pepper-sprayed the suspect who fled on another train. The suspect entered the northbound number 2 train just after 11 p.m. Wednesday and stood uncomfortably close to the victim's girlfriend. And that's when the victim stood up to try and block him, and the suspect punched him in his head. A verbal dispute ensued, and the suspect pulled a kitchen knife and went to stab the guy. 
The victim, Sammy Tovar, told ABC7 he would be dead if it wasn't for his girlfriend. Um, continued. He seemed mildly uh, amused at the entire thing. So I'm glad she she got him when she did. Police officers at the 72nd Street station applied a tourniquet to the victim's leg before he was taken to Mount Sinai Morningside Hospital in stable condition. So far, no arrests. The suspect got off at the 72nd Street station. A carjacking in New Jersey with an infant in the back seat. Irvington police alerted several municipalities to search for a stolen Mercedes-Benz SUV from Clinton Avenue just after 8 p.m. It was found shortly before 11 p.m. in Newark South Ward. And when officers found that vehicle, a three-month-old child was in the back seat, awake and alert okay. The baby taken by EMS to the hospital for a precautionary evaluation. And the search for the suspect continues. Well, a reward for up to $5,000 is being offered for information leading to an SUV involved in a fatal hit-and-run in which a brother died on Long Island after pushing his sister out of the way of an oncoming vehicle that had veered onto their bike path. Tyler Phillips and his sister, Crystal Randolph, were heading home about 7.30 p.m. on October 12th when an SUV driver struck them. Phillips died of his injuries three days later. His sister was hurt. Family friend Stephanie Campbell told NBC New York she witnessed the horror unfold. The car hit her first and then ended up, like, I guess he went to go jump and grab her, and it just took him. She said she watched him fly into the middle of the street, and she pulled him out the street. She called the ambulance. They told her to give him CPR, and that was it. Phillips, a William Packer Middle School student, had celebrated his 13th birthday the day before he was struck. Based on the investigation, detectives now believe the vehicle that fled the scene was a dark-colored Chevrolet Equinox made somewhere between 2005 and 2009. The uh, front passenger headlight, they say, is damaged, as is the front passenger mirror, and the side-view front passenger mirror should be broken, police say. Crime Stoppers is offering that cash reward of up to $5,000 for information leading to an arrest, and anybody with information is asked to call 1-800-220-TIPS. Country music icon Loretta Lynn will have her memorial service later this month with some famous faces showing tribute. 77 WABC's Jacqueline Carl has a story. Well, I was born to call daughter. Country music star Loretta Lynn's public memorial service will take place at the Grand Old Opry later this month. Some of country music's biggest artists will perform tributes to the late legend during the ceremony. They include Faith Hill, Tim McGraw, Keith Urban, and Winona Judd. Lynn died earlier this month at her ranch in Hurricane Mills, Tennessee at 90 years old. For 77 WABC Early News, I'm Jacqueline Carl. And if you miss the top five of five and other news, be sure to check it out on our website, wabcradio.com. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC.